Well, let's take our Bibles and uh, open them anywhere. It's all good. But uh, I'm going to be in Hebrews 11. Imagine that. We're going to try to complete the lesson that we started last week. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to do that. And uh, I'm excited about that. I was a little bit nervous during the, uh, the memory verse time because our dear brother here got real close to parts of my outline. And... Uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm telling you, it's, uh, it's interesting. When we were in, in Papua New Guinea that first week on our missions trip, I was with uh, uh, several preachers in a big mission, a, a youth conference. There were 200 uh, young people from all over Papua New Guinea, 11 churches represented. And I was speaking several, three times a day and had another man was speaking twice a day. About all we did was preach that week. And uh, it was a local pastor, uh, Stephen Rabona, what an amazing speaker. But here is the challenge of the week. The, the pastor hosting the conference had given us a theme. And he said, I want every message to be from that theme. But just thinking about that, I preached 11 times that week from the same theme. But I wasn't the only guy preaching. There were two other guys preaching from the same theme. You think there was some overlap? And he and I got to joking every time he'd get done. I said, thanks a lot. You just stole my outline. Got to write a new sermon for tomorrow. And, uh, and then he would say the same thing to me. We did it all week long, and I thought I was back there again this morning. But you got close, but you didn't step across the line. Thank you. That was good stuff. Amen. And uh, Hebrews 11, look at verse number 1. We'll read verses 1 through 3 once again. Uh, the Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. We started last week with thought, faith is. I love it when the Bible defines itself, and by the way, it almost always does in the context. Very rarely will you have to even go to another, context, another scripture if you'll read the context and figure out what God is saying. This passage, we started that thought, we're going to continue that this morning. Let's pray and we'll get into the lesson. Father, we do thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the opportunity we have to come together and gather around the Word of God and, and have you speak to us. I pray you'd help us to understand it this morning. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would speak to me and through me. Pray that each of us, when we leave here this morning, will have gained some insight from the Scripture by your Holy Spirit that will help us this week in our walk with you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week we talked about that this chapter is God's great faith chapter. It's His Hall of Fame. It's Him highlighting some people. And I was telling uh, somebody last week before the message, you know, it's amazing in this passage, in the, in the chapter 11, there are some people I would have definitely put on my list that God puts on His list. Men of faith. I mean Noah, Abraham. Then there's others. I don't know that I'd have put Samson on the list. I don't think I'd have put Sarah, but God did. And uh, it helps us to understand how God views faith when we see the illustrations he uses to show us this is what I mean when I say faith. So we'll look at that this morning again. Uh, faith is, uh, we talked about that, that all of us have some faith. How many of you are saved this morning? You're going to heaven. Sins are washed away. Amen. You had enough faith to get saved. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You had enough faith to put your trust in Jesus Christ 
and have your sins washed away. Thank God for that. See, all of us here have some faith, but all of us need to grow in our faith. We read Romans 10. We'll not read the whole passage. I'll just read one verse for you, Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. What a wonderful thing it was when you and I heard the Word of God preached or taught or somebody in our doorstep or in our living room explained the gospel and we responded in faith. But it doesn't end there. Just like when a new baby is born, that's not the last time there's going to be something new and something changing in its life. It's going to happen to the day you die. Amen? And so, uh, Romans 1.17, write that reference down. It's one we'll refer to a couple more times. Romans 1.17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. What an amazing verse. Here's how God shows His righteousness. Here's how He reveals it. From faith to faith. Now just think about that for a moment. Walk around that a bit. The way God demonstrates to us His righteousness is by teaching us to live from one moment of faith to the next moment of faith. Now that's opposite of what we want to do in our flesh. We want to have it all figured out. We want to have the plan done. Um, I'm one of those people, I like to have everything scheduled, planned. I like to have a bulleted list. We're going to do this and then this. And that's just It's how I think. I go to the store that way. Uh, you know, my, I'm stopping at the store, I'll, I'll call Rhonda, hey, do you need anything? And she'll tell me, I said, send me a list. That's just how I work. But have you ever noticed that you create those lists or that plan and then God changes it? Yeah, all the time. Why? Because he's trying to teach us to trust him. And so we're going we're gonna to continue that thought this morning. Last week we started looking at verse 1. Look at it again. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is substance. As I mentioned last week, we say you can't see faith. No, but you can see the substance that came because of your faith. And here God gives us some illustrations about those that had faith and it produced substance. We looked a little bit last week in 1 Kings chapter 17 with Elijah. Let's go back there, if you will, 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings 17, I'm going to grab my water. And I'm going to set it up here by Brother Dave as long as he doesn't steal it. He's got his coffee, he'll be all right. Did you bring that coffee? Did you drink there? Wow, that's growth. 1 Kings 17. We'll not read the first seven verses, but this is, we'll get to verse 8 here in a moment. Elijah, that great prophet of God. Elijah's one of my favorite Bible characters. We all have them. I like Elijah. I mean, anytime you can stand in the face of the king, point your finger at him and stop the rain, that's just cool. You know, um, somebody can call fire down from heaven. I mean, one of my favorite stories is him challenging the prophets of Baal, the prophets of the groves, and mocking them all day long while they're praying to a God that doesn't exist. That's my personality because I would do something like that. I don't have his faith, but Mocking, yeah, that'd be fun. You know, a little louder. Maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's on a journey. He's on vacation. I'm just, can you imagine? But after him being there in front of the king, God tells him in verse 1, uh, I'm sorry, verse number 3, uh, he said, I want you to leave from here. All right, you've been in the, high, in the spotlight. Now I want you to go to the brook Cherith. He goes there, and, and God says to her, I have commanded the ravens 
to feed thee there. So what did Elijah do? By faith, after he proclaimed there'd be no rain for three years, he laughed and went where God told him to go. And God supernaturally gave him substance. He had a brook there to drink from, but he didn't see any food. There wasn't a grocery store. There was no McDonald's drive-thru. There was no barbecue place to go to. But every day, God provided for him meat every day. He said, I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went, verse 5, and did according to the word of the Lord. Uh, and for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that was before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and fish in the morning and bread, and, uh, bread and flesh, I'm sorry, in the morning and in the evening. Uh, he drank at the brook. I mean, can you imagine every day? I mean, it's, it's delivery service. How did he get there? By faith. It produced substance. But then we see in verse number 8, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So for him to get the blessing at the brook, he had to go there. Why? Because God had commanded some ravens. Now he said, I want you to go to Zarephath because I've commanded a widow woman to sustain thee there. To get that blessing, he had to, by faith, leave the brook and go there. And of course, the brook had dried up. God does that sometimes. He changes our setting, our situation. And so he gets to Zarephath, and you know the story, we talked about it at length last week, how he goes and he tells the widow woman, uh, make of me a cake first, and, and she did, she obeyed him. And, and, and by faith made the cake. Can you imagine being the son? You know there's no food left in the house. Just enough for mom to make one more meal. And then they were going to die. They were going to starve like other people were. And she sees him making a cake and says, well, the, the prophet asked me to do this, so I'm going to give to him first. And this young man watched his mother respond from a command of God in faith and her faith to believe what the prophet said provided substance for her and her son. And the Bible says many days. Look at verse number 16. Uh, I'm sorry, verse number 15. And so she went and did according to the, the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days, and the bale of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. They, they had to trust God faith to faith. Every day they had to trust him, okay? He did it yesterday, we've got to trust him for today. That is the way God wants us to live our lives. Last week we talked about what has your faith Produced. What substance is in your life today because of your faith this week? That's how we're supposed to live. Uh, we want to look at another illustration. Let's now go to Luke chapter 18. We'll go to the New Testament, Luke 18, and verse number 35. We'll just look at this quickly and then move to another thought. And it came to pass that as he was come nigh to Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging, and hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passed by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they, went, uh, they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more, thou son of David, have mercy on me. 
And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. Here was a man who'd heard about Jesus. He's blind. He's there on the side of the road begging. That was the only option he had in that culture. There was no way to get healing. He couldn't get a job. So he sat there begging. He heard a multitude coming by. There was a big commotion. He said, what's going on? They said, well, Jesus of Nazareth is coming by. He'd heard of him. He'd heard what he had done. He had heard, no doubt, of the the miracles and the healing. So he cried out. He starts saying, "Uh, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And somebody came to him, the disciples, others around. Be quiet. You're bothering the master. You ever ever had anybody do that when you're praising the Lord, trying to serve the Lord? And they tell you, just calm down about that. The Bible says he cried out the more. Why? Because he knew Jesus was near. He did exactly what our memory verse says. He cast his care upon Jesus. Jesus, you've got to help me. I love the desperation in that faith. Jesus is here. I won't get help unless I get his attention. So he cried out. And what happened? Jesus, it says in verse number 40, and Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. Can you imagine? As Jesus stops walking. All right, where's he at? Okay, you that are crying. Bring him here. I'm sure Jesus probably asked the ones who told the the man to be quiet. Bring him here, because that's the way God does things, amen. He brings him, look at verse 41. It's an amazing verse. When Jesus was speaking, he says, saying, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? What's Jesus asking? What do you need? What do you want from me? Notice how specific he was. He says there in that verse, verse number 41, Lord, that I may receive my sight. What teaches us to be specific in our prayer? You need something from God? Ask Him for it. Don't just say, Lord, bless me today. No, how do you need Him to bless you? This man could have said, Lord, would you bless me today? No, he needed sight, what he needed. Amen? So we asked Him. You know what that is? That's faith. And and Jesus responded to him in verse number 42. And Jesus said to him, receive thy sight, thy faith hath saved thee. Notice he got what he asked for, but he got something more. He got saved. He said, I didn't see him pray a a sinner's prayer. He said, Lord, he recognized who Jesus was. This is not just some man. This is the Lord. And he cried out to him. And Jesus not only healed him physically, but spiritually... And this man was saved. Now notice what happened here. It says in verse number uh, uh, number 42, And immediately he received his sight and followed him. His whole life changed now. Glorifying God. And all the people when they saw it gave praise to God. What is that? That substance that leads to the next part of our, our message. Look back at Hebrews chapter 11, if you will, verse number 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
His faith, the blind man, got the attention of the Savior and produced substance that others could notice. Everybody knew this man had been blind. Now he can see. How did that happen? By faith. You see, in, in John chapter 20, God tells us why he wrote the book of John. It's an amazing scripture, verses 20, uh, 30 and 31. And it says, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that believing you might have life through his name. The reason God put all those, those stories of miracles in the scriptures is so we would believe Jesus is who he says he is and can do what he said he could do. How do we know that? To believe on Jesus because of what we read in the scriptures. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's why God gives us these illustrations. What has your faith produced? What substance exists today because of your faith? Faith is the substance, but number two, faith is the evidence. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Evidence in a legal setting is proof or a witness or a testimony of something that is true. Our faith is how we broadcast to the world our Savior's real. Our faith is to produce substance so that those who don't believe will believe. Uh, we won't turn to it, but in, in, in Acts chapter 3, you have the, the lame man that was healed. Remember Peter and John at the time of prayer, go to the temple. The man's begging alms. He'd, he'd been lame and had not walked. And, and, and they stopped and looked at him. The Bible says in, uh, in Acts chapter 3, and he fastened their eyes on them, expecting to receive something of them. And the world's expecting something from us. And Peter and John ruined his day for a moment. Peter says, silver and gold have I none. Well, that's true. Can you imagine? Here's a guy begging for silver and gold. Well, I don't have any of that. Oh. But such as I have give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He wanted money, but what he needed was to be able to walk. Amen? And the Bible says he immediately leaping stood. And, and we know the story, and that's where the first persecution came because when, when Peter and John were preaching in the name of Christ, the Pharisees, those who had, the elders who had crucified Jesus, arrested them, said, by what name or by what power have you done this? And they said, by the name of Jesus. You remember, who ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead. Don't ask a Baptist preacher a direct question if you don't want a direct answer. But it's amazing. They, they beat Peter and John, said you can't preach anymore in this name. They went out preaching again in that name. We cannot but speak the things we've seen and heard. Amen? They, get, they were brought back before the council again. And it's interesting in chapter 4, when they, were, when they were talking with Peter and John, they said, for indeed a notable miracle has been done and we cannot deny it. You see, people may not like what we believe, but they cannot deny that when a drunk gets saved, beer cans turn into furniture. A man that used to beat his wife and children now nurtures them. What happened? 
the gospel happened. Amen. They were saved by faith and lives were changed. What is that? That's evidence of our faith. Number one, that's why we ought not to be like the world. We're supposed to show them something different. Why? Because of our faith. Let's take our Bibles and, and, and let's turn to Psalm 27. It's one of those verses we read through often, and I, I think sometimes we read it so quickly we miss what it's really saying. You see, the results of our faith prove our faith. As our scripture said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now look at Psalm 27. And if you mark in your Bible, this would be a good one to underline. Verse number 13. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We're taught to see, to believe. Unless I see it, and that was Thomas in the upper room. He wasn't there when Jesus came on that first Sunday night church service of the New Testament age. Amen. That's what happened on the day of the resurrection. He wasn't there when Jesus appeared. The others told him Jesus showed up. No, he didn't. Unless I see him and see the print of the nails in his hands and see the place where they thrust the spear in his side, I will not believe. Thomas was saying, I got to see to believe this. Notice what David said again. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. We're not to see to believe, we're to believe to see. Our faith gives us something to look at. What evidence of your faith is visible to others so they can see? You know, that's why it's important to have prayer requests and to give them publicly. I'm glad we do that here. It's good then to hear the results of those prayer requests. Your family needs to hear you praying for things specifically, and then they need to hear you give specific answers to those prayers. Now, sometimes God answers in a way you didn't expect. You prayed for a yes, He gave you a no. That's an answer. So I don't like the no. I know it. Neither do I. Because we like it our way, but sometimes God does it differently. Well, that's a good opportunity, no matter how God answered a prayer for you to tell your children, we asked God for this, and he said no, or he said yes. Whatever the answer was, share it with them. Why? So they can have their faith built. I don't have time to get into it, but just one of the most amazing pictures of that, we'll get to it later in the studies, is Abraham in Genesis 22, when he was commanded by God to take his son up to a mountain and offer him for a sacrifice. We all talk about the faith of Abraham, but Isaac saw enough in his father's faith, he let his father put him on an altar. His father was 100 years old, over 100 years old. He could have stopped him. Most, for most Bible study I've seen, they, they believe he was probably a, a late teen. Take a 19-year-old boy against a 100-something-year-old man, the 19-year-old's going to win in a fight. I tell my boys all the time, you may be bigger than me. I can still put you on the ground. I can't keep you there as long as I used to, but I can still get you there because I fight dirty, you know. <laughs> but the reason Isaac got on an altar is because he trusted his dad's faith. Why, he had seen enough evidence. I want to do our family see enough evidence of our faith to follow us. 
Romans 1.17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Believing to see, it's faith, then substance, which produces the evidence. We'll turn back to it, but in 1 Kings 17, can you imagine the widow at Zarephath? She came home and told her boy, I met a man of God today. I met Elijah. No doubt they'd heard about Elijah. Standing in front of the king, telling, you know, praying that it doesn't rain. And said, the, the man of God told me to make a little cake for him. And I can imagine the son saying, but mama, that's our last one. I know. But I'm going to trust the man of God. I'm going to trust because he has a message from God. I'm going, to, I'm going to trust what he said. So she did. She goes back to the barrel of meal, goes back to the cruise of oil, and guess what? There's still some there. And it happened again tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Can you imagine the faith of that little boy? Why? Because her mother's faith produced substance that produced evidence. The evidence was the continuing meal. The faith that her mother had, that was built upon the faith that the prophet had, provided substance and evidence for her family. I am convinced the reason so many Christian parents have trouble with their children, and their children walk away from the faith after being raised in a good home, maybe going to a good Christian school, Convinced the reason they often walk away is because they saw no evidence of real faith in our lives. As parents, we're to model for them faith. We're to show them we trust God, then we must share with them this is how God provided what we trusted Him for. What does that do? It gives them the courage to have faith in God themselves. You could go to my parents, and, and, and I watched them for, well, they were married 57 years. I wasn't around for all of it. I was around for uh, 55 of it before Mom went to heaven, 54 of it. I watched them trust God for things, and I watched God provide it. And it gave me the faith to trust the same God they told me about. Much of my Christian life, was shaped and formed and encouraged by just not hearing my parents, but watching them. What do people see at your workplace, in your faith, that points them to a God who can do anything? It's the evidence. When they by faith watch us cast our care upon Him, we're faced with a situation that most people would just fall apart over. When we come to God and say, I'm going to trust Him. And it worked. They said, what are you going to do about that? Your mom has cancer. I'm going to trust the Lord. They're watching to see how you respond. And when we respond in faith, that becomes substance and evidence for those who do not yet believe. Those around us need to see a faith in us that produces substance, that becomes evidence that God is real. Let me give you the key to all that. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11. How are we doing on time? Oh, we're doing, doing uh, pretty good. Just got to give you the last thought. We'll be done here in a couple minutes. We're good. I like that clock better than the one on my wrist. <laughs> I tell folks I preach by the calendar. I don't preach by the clock. Hebrews 11, 3. Well, let's start with verse. Uh, we'll do all, all three verses. 
Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, faith, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Faith is the substance. Faith is the evidence. But number three, faith is dependence upon God. So how do you get that through, verse, through those verses? Look at verse number three. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. None of us can prove creation. You can't prove it because none of us were there. Science can't prove it. Why? Because there was no scientist there. We have to take by faith what God said. And I believe in the specific creation of God. I believe God used six literal 24-hour days to create the world. Amen? Amen? And He created the world. He created everything in it. He created man. And on the seventh day, He rested. I believe in that specific creation of God. Faith is not I believe. Faith is I will because I believe. Hebrews 11, the rest of the chapter, God highlights people who believed God and then did something. Uh, by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. Uh, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death because he walked with God. Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, preparing an ark. All through the chapter, God says these folks had faith and this is what they did because of their faith. Their, their faith produced some substance. The, their faith provided some evidence that God could be trusted. And then they acted upon that. See, faith is completely trusting God at His Word. I remember my pastor back home used to teach us that. He said, faith is taking God at His Word and asking no questions. In Hebrews 11, we see the illustration over and over again that faith is completely trusting God. Look at verse number 6 of Hebrews 11. But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith is believing God because he's God. I love the way the Bible starts. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. No, no explanation. This is who he is. This is what he did. John 1.1, 1, 1, the same thing. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Anything that requires something more than trusting God's word is doubt, not faith. Matthew 8, we have the story, we're not going to go there, but when the, the centurion, the soldier who, who, who was over a hundred soldiers, came to him one day and asked him to come to his house because his servant was sick. And Jesus uh, came and said, would you heal him? And, and Jesus was going to come. He said, no, I'm, I'm a man like you, a man of authority. I tell people to go, they go. I tell them to come, they come. If you would speak the word only. In fact, the verse says this in Matthew 8, 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Jesus said, I have not seen faith like this in Israel. What, just whatever God says, I'm going to believe it. It's just trusting God. In 2 Peter, like, let's turn there. This will be the last scripture we look at this morning. 2 Peter. We'll wrap this up. 2 Peter chapter 1. 
We start verse 16, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty, for we received from God the Father honor and glory when there came a voice from heaven, to him from the exceeding glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the Holy Mount. What an experience. Peter, James, and John on the mountain, we call it the Mount of Transfiguration. We see... Jesus there, and we hear the Father speak from heaven, this is my beloved Son. What an experience. You imagine telling anybody, man, I was there. That's what Peter's doing right here. We were there. Look at the next verse, verse 19. We also have received a more sure word of prophecy. What's he saying? I'm about to tell you about something that's better than being on a mountain, seeing Jesus transformed in his glory, and hearing the voice of the Father. I'm going to tell you something better. More trustworthy. Verse 19. For we also have a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn, and the day star rise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is any private interpretation for prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. What's he saying? He said, I was on the mountain, I heard God's voice, I saw Jesus transform, but there's something better than that. That's that book you got in your hand. The Word of God. We read the Word of God and we trust Him. Faith is substance. It's evidence. And it's dependence. Faith is me just saying, God, you know everything because you're God. And I can trust you. As we look at the next lessons, we'll, we'll start looking at some Bible examples of people who trusted God. And God did amazing things through them because of their faith. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for these instructions and illustrations. May we learn like these examples to just trust you. May we have faith that produces substance, that becomes evidence. So we can continue to just depend upon you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.